Today's episode of the Goldcast is sponsored by Frustration. Are you feeling calm, cool, relaxed? Then try getting frustrated. The easiest way to do it is to watch every game of the 49ers 2017 football campaign. It will get you frustrated in a hurry. Now, Raymond, before we get started, why don't you let them know, where can they find us? You can like us at facebook.com slash thegoldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at thegoldcast underscore as well as Instagram at thegoldcast. And subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same name of The Goldcast. Try it. Try it. Then listen to the game. Try it a little frustration. It's pretty cool, and it's free. (laughs) Also, don't forget, go on to iTunes and leave us a review. So iTunes has got this fun new algorithm where in order for us to raise, rise up the ranks of the podcast, you have to go in and leave us a review. So if you're here right now, here's what I want you to do. If you're listening to us right now, and there are many of you, I've seen you, I look at the subs, I need you to pause this I, this podcast, go in and give us a review. Leave five stars and say, Rudy Solis the third and Raymond Solis the first are the greatest 49er fan casters of all time, because this is the greatest fan cast of all time. All right, we're about to get into it. Major changes this week. Man, what a tumultuous week for the 49ers. Tumultuous? Well, I guess it all depends on where the story ends, right? But this was uh, quite a week for the 49ers. Lots of changes. Two big ones on offense and defense. We're going to talk about it right now. Goldcast, here we go. Let's get busy. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Goldcast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa I, baby. Boom! Welcome back. It's the Gold Cast. If you're listening to the Gold Cast right now, you're like us. You're one of the San Francisco homers. You're one of the San Francisco diehards. You believe you were there. For the 49er dynasty. You are there for the San Francisco Giants dynasty. You are there for the beginning of the Golden State Warriors dynasty. Welcome to the Gold Cast. Here we go. Let's get busy. Ray. Man, okay, so let me tell you about my morning, Raymond Solisa first. So my morning begins. I am 30 minutes late to this morning meeting. This morning actually it was an hour late. The morning meeting started at 9:30. I showed up at 10:30. That's an hour late. And of course, I was positive. I was absolutely convinced that today would be the day that the 49ers would win their first game and I wouldn't be there to see it. I watched a ton of highlights. Obviously, didn't get, I'm going to be able to see it. I will see the game in whole. We're recording this on Sunday night, October 15th, so the, uh, I will probably check it out tomorrow. But I was not able to see the game. But I saw the highlights. I watched on Bleacher Report literally the entire game. Basically watched it on Twitter. They finally made the move. Ray, you called it. You called it week six. I'm going to give the mic up to you, Ray. Once again, you called it. You said, beginning of the season, we just had this conversation. When does C.J. Beathard get here? You said week six. Let's get into it. Well, uh, once again, Hoyer's struggling. Um, He just can't seem to handle any pressure in the pocket and the greatest quarterbacks, even the serviceable quarterbacks, which is what Hoyer has been for majority of his career is your ability to handle pressure and stay poised in the pocket, even at a marginal level. 
because we've seen Hoyer play good. His best game was against the Rams, and he hasn't been able to duplicate that at all. He's had flashes here and there, but his most consistent effort was against L.A., and that was a terrific game. If it wasn't for his earlier interception, we obviously would have won that. So little one or two plays, and we are 5-1. and one. I mean, that's, that's the positive takeaway that I see. Another positive takeaway is obviously C.J. Beathard getting his first start, which was something that uh, I thought was going to come either because Hoyer was playing badly or because Hoyer was going to get injured because he's a very he's not a very durable player he hasn't been he's been injured most of his career so um we saw cj and cj obviously gave a spark it wasn't like a huge you know it wasn't like as stark a difference as you know maybe some might say but i thought i saw him spread the field a little bit more i saw him poised in the pocket i saw him comfortable in the pocket i saw him fearless in the pocket whenever pressure came it didn't seem to bother him at all he was open to scrambling. Hoyer's not very mobile. Beathard is mobile. He scrambled for 14 yards at one play and got out of bounds late in the game. He also threw downfield to Aldrich Robertson when the pre- when the pocket collapsed. He stepped up in the pocket, stayed behind the line of scrimmage, and then made a darting throw to a wide open uh, Aldrich Robinson. He also threw to Garrett Sellett. He threw another one to Aldrich Robinson and had to make a leaping grab to get it. And also threw behind Pierre Garçon. And Pierre Garçon actually just made an athletic one-handed grab behind himself to make the to make the, the throw. It's actually a bad throw, but Pierre Garçon's so good that you can make those kinds of mistakes to a player like him, and he'll actually pick you up in those moments. So uh, unfortunately, it ended with a pick. Him trying to you know get some more yardage to put Robbie Gold into field goal position, but it ended in INT. So it's unfortunate at that point, but. You know, I think the damage had already been done earlier in the game as the defense kind of – I'd say the defense lost this one. I'm not sure if you could point to one or two plays to really turn this one around, but either way, it still ended up being two. Actually, you can look to one play. Actually, I take it back. If you go to Robbie Cole's missed field goal, this would have been 27-26. would have been our game easily. And so all we would have had to do is kneel in that last drive. So it's unfortunate. But um, again, we are just one or two plays away from really turning this whole thing around and winning these close games. The fact is, we're this is not an anomaly. A coincidence is one or two, you know, one or two anomalies of one or two sporadic instances. That was last year. We had an anomaly against LA twice, and then this year, when you lose five games in this kind of span of in this kind of such a small point spread. This is a fact pattern. It just means that we've got enough juice in there to stay in the game, to keep us competitive, but we don't have enough juice to get us over the hump. And CJ might be that difference maker based on what we saw today. We'll have to see how he does in a whole week's worth of preparation with the first team reps and then see how he handles it against Dallas. That doesn't have a good defense, so I expect CJ to actually have a pretty good showing. He's also at home, so they have the comfort of being at home. I mean, but uh, from what I saw, it was pretty good. It, it was it was he's still a rookie. So, and I think that's where one that maybe that pick comes from. But other than that, I saw a much better, much better presence within the pocket and with outside the pocket than we did Brian Hoyer, which is pretty sad considering how long Brian Hoyer has been playing the game. But for B, for CJ to come in and do as well as he didn't keep us in the game without really us losing a beat. Um, I think it's commendable. 17 un- unanswered points until the fourth quarter. That was a, the biggest takeaway I took away was the 17 un- unanswered points. That was really impressive. <clears throat> I, this is a lot of shakeup, Raymond. So we've got C.J. Beathard. He's in now. Let me ask you this. Will this translate into wins? Will C.J. Beathard get us 60 minutes of football? You're the greatest fanalist in the game. You have what we've been talking about on the Goldcast for the last three years. You have what we call the whispers, the whispers, the whispers. When Raymond hears the whispers, the whispers, the whispers, it's like he taps into the psych vibe 
of the sports world. So Raymond, tap into the whispers, the whispers, the whispers, and tell me, do you think C.J. Beathard, <laughs> do you think C.J. Beathard, does he get us a W? I think he does. And in fact, I think he gets us more than one. I'm not sure if we're going to hit the six game mark. That was the optimistic view of the team. But considering how many close games we've lost now by one or two different plays that could have made a difference maker, I'm not sure if we can pull out six wins with the remainder of the schedule. One of those for for us to pull out six to end six and ten, we'd have had to win one or two of these games here, and that didn't happen. So I'm not sure. I think at this point we either end four and twelve or five and eleven. I'm leaning towards five and eleven just because I'm optimistic, but uh, who knows? You know, um, I I think the Eagles game is going to be tough. I'm not sure. Yeah, the Eagles Eagles are pretty good, so I wouldn't. You know, I think you you still have some opportunity to beat the Cardinals. Uh, the Giants, you know, I know the Giants played pretty good tonight. So that that was kind of a surprise because I expected Denver to kind of manhandle them. But New York kind of played good, solid defense like they always did. Perhaps they just, I'm not sure if they're going to wake up being one and five now or if they're actually going to kind of just be up and down like they usually are. I'm hoping for the latter. They tend to play to their opponent's strength. So when... They, when we go to New York, I expect New York to kind of play to our strengths and then for us to hopefully take advantage of that. So Seahawks, again, that's a 50-50 toss-up. The Bears are kind of up and down. They're playing better with Trubisky, but he is a rookie, so I expect us to take advantage of that. I think we get a win against Chicago, 50-50 against Seahawks. I'm just not sure. I'd say the Giants, we have a good chance of beating them. We also have a good chance. Oh, Giants actually come to our house. So that's we have a three-game home stretch. So we play the Cowboys. Then we go on the road to Philadelphia. I'm not sure we pull out that win. We're probably one in six. We could be one in six versus the Cowboys. Who knows? But what I can say is that we are going to see some wins. We're not going to be winless. That's for sure. I can promise you that. I can guarantee it. You know, And Cowboys are two and three. They have not played well. And Ezekiel Elliott is out. That, that appeal is not going to work. He needs to see, sit those six games out. The offensive line has not been playing as well as they have. And I expect us to play well at home against a team with a, a quarterback who's still fairly young. He is still fairly young. He is. Pretty good on fantasy, though. He's uh, he's my backup fantasy quarterback. So let's talk about probably the biggest change coming from the defense. Navarro Bowman requested his release, and he was released. He left. Question. Do you, did you feel his absence today on defense? Was it felt? Was it noticeable? What were your thoughts? Yeah, but I mean, not not as sick. I mean, I'd say it was kind of marginal. I mean, we did Brock Coyle look lost out there in the first half. Ray Armstrong missed some big tackles. Ray Armstrong is really good in pass coverage. He's not very good against the run. He's very undisciplined, doesn't know how to set his feet and really set the set the edges and the angles that he needs to in order to really get a guy. And there was that big, huge run that he let go where he had him behind the line of scrimmage and didn't get the right angle and allowed him to get upfield to the second and third level. And he knows it, too, because right after that play, he was banging his head and shaking his head because he knows that had he made that tackle, they, he wouldn't have gotten like a 30, 40-yard run is what he ended up getting. And it was it was frustrating to watch. But that's what you're going to get out of Ray Ray Armstrong. You're going to get, get, get a guy who's pretty good in pass coverage because he's a former defensive back in college, uh, but a guy who's very undisciplined against the run and often doesn't take good angles and misses a lot of tackles because of that. And Brock Coyle is just a rookie, plain and simple. He's a rookie. He is a deer in a head 
lights out there most of the game. He had one tackle for a loss I saw that was pretty good. So if he can kind of build upon little things like that and, you know, create a little compound effect of positive plays like that for the defense, then, you know, hopefully he can get good. I'm not sure what the Niners um, see in him yet just because I haven't seen a lot of tape of this guy. So I'm not saying that he sucks. I'm just saying I don't know him. He's he's an unknown. And when he was out there, it, there was a clear difference between what how he's able to read the field versus Bowman, who has clearly lost a step in his ability to cover it, to cover uh, players, but is still pretty good against the run. Um, although even even this year, he was not he's he just didn't look as sure as he always had. Even his tackling ability took a step back this season. His speed was clearly diminished, but even his tackling ability because of that speed, he wasn't able to get the same angles that he used to get. And because he's got, you know, his, his, his legs are sensitive now, he can't cut and turn and, and get to his spot fat, fast enough the way he used to. Whereas Brock Coyle was just kind of all over the place. Do I cover this guy? He's, he's, I saw him get busted coverage. I saw him take bad angles. So he needs to, he has a lot of work to do, and I just don't know if he's going to turn out to be good. I just don't know. Guys like Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman, those were guys that were good out the gate and remained that way, you know, with the exception of Bowman, who took, who, who's been succumbed to injuries, unfortunately. It hasn't necessarily been him regressing. He just succumbed to injuries. Same with Patrick Willis. He had a nagging foot injury that he just couldn't overcome, and it, he had to call it quits because of it. But, uh, you know, same thing. Joey Bosa is the same guy. Great out the gate, and he's been good ever since. So some guys can develop into good players. I don't know if Brock Coyle is that guy. We'll just have to wait and see. We will have to wait and see. Bowman, this guy, I remember the that NFC the NFC championship in Seattle, Seattle Seahawks. Was it an interception or was it a strip fumble? When he when they literally tore his ACL right out of his body. It was like Predator. They just ripped it right out of his leg. Remember the remember well, the pl- they they fell on him and his leg but, it was but terrible. Was it a, was it a was it a fumble or was it an interception? I can't remember. I think it was a fumble. I think it was a fumble. That's that's actually one of his most memorable plays. He also had he had the pick at the stick. Remember he had pick at the stick. Yeah, the final game against Atlanta. Yeah, the pick at the stick. I love Navarro Bowman. I I mean Patrick I I love Patrick Willis too. Navarro Bowman was kind of like the. Uh, Gosh, he was like the Robin to Patrick Willis's Batman. You know, he was like they're like very, the, they're very comparable in size, speed, athleticism. They're both amazing against the run. Really good in pass coverage because of their speed. They could, you, you had two middle linebackers that could cover and and cover cover the pass and cover the run, which is the the, the greatest you can possibly get. Right now, we have somebody who is trying to figure both sides of that out, and one guy who's pretty good at coverage and. And like average, below average against the run. Yeah. And as a result, they, they were just gashing us up the middle. They they knew it. They said, we got a rookie middle linebacker and another guy who's undisciplined. So let's just take advantage. And they did. It was a smart thing to do. I would do it if I was in their in their position. And it worked. They had great running success against us most of the game. Well, I'll be honest, Ray. If I was in their position, what I would have done is I would have sabotaged them and made sure that they lost because I'm a Niners fan. I would have tried to do the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I would do. If I if, if I was in their position, I'd have been like, "Look, hey guys, here's what we're gonna do. We're not gonna take advantage of that rookie linebacker. He's a good kid. Let's just uh, let's just hang back. Let's not get too aggressive, and let's just see what the 49ers can do on offense." That's what I would yeah. Say. That's what if I was on the Redskins team, that's what I would have said. I mean, they didn't they didn't like there was only a couple of big gash plays, you know, but for the most part, 
I still think the defense played fairly well. It was that opening drive where they just looked, they just, I just don't know what the game plan, whatever the game plan was, they, they, they picked the wrong play. But the good thing was that Salah adjusted within the next series. And there was a huge difference between what we, what we weren't doing in that first opening drive to what we did in the next couple of possessions. You know, they still got 17 points in the first half, but there was a difference between, you know, we were, we were totally breaking in the first those first couple scoring drives for them. And then after that, we kind of hunkered down and then started, you know, bending, but not breaking. Um, but still uh, against the run, you know, there was like 50, I'd 70, I'd say 80 yards. I'm not sure if they even got a hundred on us on the ground. There was a lot of throwing Kirk Cousins threw for 330 yards. He had two touchdowns and that one pick against Richard Robinson, but it was mostly passing the same with us. I think we got caught in a lot of passing plays cause they, we weren't able to have a lot of success running against them, you know, only like 60, 70 plus yards on the ground total. That's everybody hot breed and most Bethard and Goodwin. So I just need to get some more running things going so we can open play action pass. And for someone like Bethard who sees the field very well and is able to go through his project, progressions so calmly and smoothly that's something that'll really benefit him whereas something someone like Hoyer who kind of depends on it whereas Bethard it just makes him better I like your prediction of possibly going five and eleven that's pretty bold I like that that was that's a bold prediction I'm not sure if I'm on the I'm on the fence with you on that um, I, I'm, I've got to see, I got to see a little more out of Bethard before I can make any real decisions. I guess we're all, we're all going to see a little more out of Bethard before you can make any real decisions, but that's a bold one, Ray. I like that. I, I still think four and 12 is pretty much in the span. We are the first team in NFL history to lose five straight games by three points or less. I don't know what that means, but you know how the NFL tracks everything these days. So now we know about it. New stat. New stat. <laughs> hashtag new stat. Hashtag now we know about it. <laughs> hashtag no idea what it means. No idea what it means other than the record of achievement. Uh, or, or I don't know if you can call it an achievement, but definitely an achievement we're not proud of. But again, you know, uh, we, 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 were, we were talking to a good buddy of ours. Uh, we're, we're developing a, a new podcast, which we'll talk about a lot more um, in the coming months. But we're developing a new, a new podcast, a second podcast. And we were sitting with our buddy Randy, and Randy was talking to us. And he goes, he listens to the Goldcast. He's a fan. And he said, you guys, you guys are just so positive. You guys, you guys are 0-4, and, and you guys are so positive. <laughs> and the thing about it is, Here's the thing, and Ray and I have talked about this before. There are plenty of, you know, you, you can listen to What's-His-Name on 95.7 The Game at, what, what I don't even know, 1 o'clock, 3 o'clock? I don't even say. We do not utter his name on, on this because I think he's He's at the, 3 o'clock. I listen at, to the 12 o'clock show. Yeah, the 12 o'clock. Yeah, he's at 3 o'clock. Uh, he whose name we shall not speak because we think he's absolutely terrible. And we just think he's he's just like a virus when it comes to sports, um, being a sports fan. I think he's just like a virus. Like, just, ugh, he just puts... He's terrible not even energy. From the city. He's not. He's not even. He's not even, he's not even one of us. From the Bay Area. No, he's from, he's from the state. Where is he from? <laughs> is he from Buffalo? Chicago. Chicago. No, um. Uh. Greg Papa's from Buffalo, but Greg. But Greg Papa talks, acts, walks, sleeps, eats like a native. <laughs> he, he's been in Bay Area forever. He grew up in Buffalo. Hashtag he he, new he, stat. He likes, hashtag he likes all the sports and knows them. Like the hashtag hand. no idea what it means. No idea what it means other than the record of achievement, uh, or, or I don't know if you can call it an achievement, but definitely an achievement we're not proud of. But again, you know, uh, 
we we were we were talking to a good buddy of ours. Uh, we're we're developing a, a new podcast, which we'll talk about a lot more um, in the coming months. But we're developing a new a new podcast, a second podcast, and we were sitting with our buddy Randy, and Randy was talking to us. And he goes, he listens to the Goldcast. He's a fan, and he said, "You guys, you guys are just so positive. You guys, you guys are zero and four, and you guys are so positive." <laughs> and the thing about it is. Here's the thing, and Ray and I have talked about this before. There are plenty of, you know, you you can listen to what's his name on ninety five seven The Game at what, what I don't even know one o'clock three o'clock I don't even say <laughs> we do not utter his yeah. name on on this because I think there's a, the, there's no one better than him he's a, actually and there's nobody that's yeah, better the and, and here's he's the great thing about o'clock. him he covers he, the Giants on NBC CSN he also covers the Warriors like the, the post game show of the Warriors the post game show of the Giants he covers the he's the 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 commentator for the Raiders he's he's not he's not even one of us so he's done it all and he covers the Niners on his show from on Buffalo? a daily basis, you know, Chicago. with, with uh, Bill Romanowski and Lorenzo Neal. Yeah, and so what the re- well, the, just kind of circling all this back in, the reason I was talking about that is because I think if you look at this team, if you at that stat, I'll tell you what that stat says, Raymond. That one stat says, you know, first team to lose five games by or, or four straight games, right? I think it's four straight games. I don't remember. I'm losing count. By by. Know by three by three or less points what it says is that we're in the hunt you know we talked about this before chip kelly could only give you 30 minutes of football tom sula could barely even give you that it was barely barely could even give you that but we really we we're in every one of these games we're right in there and i think if you look at this team, and if you've been watching, if you're watching the 49ers for the last three years, if you've been watching as closely as we have, you will agree, and you have, you 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 have to see the difference. You know, we we have a one of our cousins is a, a diehard Niners fan, and he you know he just just bashes on this team all the time. You know, all he sees is loss, 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 loss. And I'm telling he's you, he's right a now, pessimist. He's the exact opposite, which is why he's not on the show. <laughs> <laughs> we love him, but you can't be on the show with that with that attitude. You can't be on the show with that attitude because this is not the same team. It, I, it is so frustrating. Loss after loss after loss, but this is not the same team. It's not the same players. It's not the same coaches. We're playing 55 minutes of football. We're in every single one of these games. It's coming down to the wire, and just a couple things aren't breaking our way. And because we're just one or two players shy of really putting this thing together, that's where we're at. Once once that happens, we're going to win. And next season's going to be a lot better. I really believe that. Where this is just the growing pains. You know, the Los Angeles Rams are, are seeing success early. Um, their team was a little bit put together. They were a little bit further. They've also got a quarterback that's much more competent. And we'll see We'll see what Beathard does. Maybe Beathard can turn the boat around and get us four to five wins. That'd be great. I'd be really happy if that's if that's what, uh, what occurred uh, going on. Dallas is ripe. You said they're definitely ripe. They, if there's any opportunity to get them, it's at home. And I, I believe the Niners can do it. We're going to talk a little bit about that in a second. But this is just not the same team. And I, I haven't. I, we have a large enough sample size to see that this team, there's a lot of potential in the 49ers, a lot of potential in what they do. And there's a lot of opportunity here to make something happen. So keep the faith. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Raymond, stay faithful. <laughs> stay faithful. Hey, just fucking hey, listen to me, motherfucker. Just stay fucking faithful. Trust me, we're we're gonna have we're gonna have me we're gonna have us some fun soon. It's gonna get better. I hang in so. there. Yeah, hang in there. It's almost almost we're almost there. Now, Ray, this Tuesday, the start 
of the NBA season. It's back. I, it's been gone for 20 minutes. Basketball, literally, they take a 20... Okay, here, here's the thing. So, they... Uh, championship glory, revenge. We, we exact our revenge. We destroy the Cleveland Cavaliers. I love it. It's amazing. We destroy them. Cleveland Cavaliers, done. Destroyed. Amazing. Get revenge for 2016. Five minutes later, they're playing in China. Five minutes later, they're at UCLA and New York playing all these pickup games. And then five minutes after that, the season has started. These guys haven't stopped playing basketball since June. They haven't stopped. I don't know if you look at on social media, like Kevin Durant and LeBron are playing pickup games in UCLA. Then they're playing pickup games in New York. And, you know, Clay's in, in China. I mean, these guys have not stopped a single moment. And here we are 20 minutes later and the season's back. It begins. We're going to be hosting the Houston Rockets, the new look Houston Rockets. Now, the question is, who the hell's going to get the ball in the fourth quarter of that team? I have no idea. But uh, the Houston Rockets, are you excited? Are you ready to go? Houston Rockets, hell yeah, I'm ready to go. Well, not I don't care about the Rockets, but I'm ready to get the Warriors back on track so we can have another championship run here. We've had, between all the Bay Area teams, you know, like we say quite often, uh, seven years, seven championship appearances, you know, five wins. So, uh it's Let's time get to get to that eight. third. Time to get that hat trick for the uh, for the Warriors going. It is. It's time. It's time to get that third. It's time to get the time to insert. Can you believe it? If they win this year, San Francisco Gold Cast Nation. If the Warriors, if the Warriors win this year, you are looking at back to back dynasties in two different sports: SF Giants, twenty ten through twenty fourteen, Warriors, twenty fifteen through 2018 oh man all we need is that six from the Niners to you know I'm such a 49er homer Raymond I could I can never fully concede that this is the greatest era of San Francisco Bay Area sports because the 49ers don't have a chip do you feel that way wouldn't wouldn't it's 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 it better cap off with a with a Niners championship is all I gotta say. Before this era ends and these teams go into a rebuilding phase, which the Giants have already kind of begun in a certain a certain way, um, the, the Niners better you know be on the rise to keep things going here because that's how it works. You know, one team kind of comes down, another team kind of rises. You know, the as the as the Giants kind of waned waned down, have have kind of waned from their championship run a few years ago. The Warriors, you know, took over the very next year in twenty fifteen. So same thing needs to happen here. Although basketball lasts a lot longer. The the eras last can last a lot longer than the other sports because it's they're less it's less physical and it's only five players versus eleven and nine for the other two sports. So it's easier to stay atop for longer periods of time. Plus, they have flexible uh, salary cap over there too. Not as it's obviously not as flexible as MLB, which doesn't have any, but it's flexible enough to allow a lot of you know players to just roam wherever. You know, now everyone's trying to catch up to the Warriors. But before the light at the tunnel, I would like to see the Niners get into the mix for sure. That that would make it official for for me for me personally. I know it's for you personally as well, but I don't know how the rest of the fans feel. Yeah, how do you guys feel? Let us let us know. Let us know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Let us know how do you feel? Is this the greatest area of era? Is this the greatest era of Bay Area sports? Ooh, that's a lot of eh, ahs and airs. Is this the greatest era of Bay Area sports? 
in the history for for you guys for the Goldcast Nation? Is it for me? It's definitely the most success I've seen across the board because the 49ers did go to a Super Bowl in 2012. So I mean, at least we've we have literally appeared in the finals in on all three teams. That I, that I think is probably, it's the greatest achievement collectively for San Francisco sports teams. Man, I, you know we're, we're we 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 did. It's so funny because the 49ers have that dynasty. You know, we've got the five from '81 to '94 or '95. You know, we've win we win those five Super Bowls, and to me, that is still my favorite era because you know they were, we're we 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 don't hide that we our strongest affiliation is with the 49ers obviously that's our number one team that is to me that is still that is still the team that is that's the golden child of san francisco and it always will be near and dear in my heart and i love i love all my teams i, I love all the teams they're super badass but the 49ers is ride or die all day it is. I can't. I can't cap it off. Not with the Niners. Not without a super. If the if, the, if they'd won the Super Bowl in 2012, I would say this is the greatest era of all time. But it it just doesn't feel right to fully give it that credit. Most successful, most success across the most sports. I'll give it that. But it can't be the greatest era without a, a 49ers chip. I'll tell you. And there's one other thing I'd like to see. I'd like to see the Niners win in preferably in this decade. I know that's saying a lot. <laughs> but uh, by 2019. Come on, Niners. Give us a chip. 2019. Make it happen. We could be but, contending within the next couple of years. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, we easily could we we easily could be could be back in playoff contention by next year. I really believe that. That's not even a hot take. That's just that's just a fact. But I would also like to see the Warriors get one chip in San Francisco when they when they move over to here. I would like that too. I think it would be really nice to see the Warriors pull off one. One ring right here in San Francisco. They get they moved to this stadium. What 2019, right? Yeah, something same like year. That. The, the same year the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl. 2019. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, Ray. Moving on. First of all, before we do leave, I do want to say thank you to Navarro Bowman. He was a beast. Uh, he he will be missed. I think more from the fan standpoint. There was you know there were a lot of players that. Uh, most of these players haven't really ever played with him, but it's, I he he was so diehard, and you know Patrick Willis kind of quit. He's like, oh, you know, he was really concerned about his health and whatnot. But Navarro Bone was like, screw it, I'm in it. Let's go for it. Let's, you know, quest for six. That was his thing, and and I love Navarro Bowman, and he's definitely going to be missed. And I think I think he was a fan favorite of a lot of people, and there were a lot of people that were bothered. I did talk to a lot of people over the week, and. We got to understand that this is uh, this is a business, and you know, 49ers didn't release them on their own. He he requested a release, so clearly he wasn't sinking, and he wasn't he wasn't being utilized the way that he thought he could be. And I think we have to trust Kyle Shanahan. This is truly we are truly truly entering unknown waters. I mean, this team is outside of Staley. It's been virtually completely revamped. And just wait, let's wait and see. And I do trust Kyle Shanahan. I really do. Um, but thank you, Navarro Bowman. You were a badass, and we appreciate Good dude. Good player. Yep. Yep. We appreciate everything you gave to us. So you're the man. All right, Raymond, moving on, let's take a look at those Vegas lines. So what do you think? What What's the Vegas? Where, where's the line set at? What do you think it is? Jeez. Dallas Cowboys Jeez. at San Francisco 49ers. 
What has Vegas set the line at? Who's the favorites and by how many? Well, I would say Dallas is clearly the favorites. They probably the favorites by, gosh, it was a tough one, I would say. Um, Remember, Washington was favored by 10, and, and we destroyed that line. We destroyed it. It was We, we lost by two. Right. That, that, that's, that's what you got to hold on to if you're a 49ers fan. I'd say it's by probably seven points. By seven points? Well, guess what? Vegas doesn't trust them that much. They're, they're giving them four and a half. Mm. So here's the my question. First guess, my first guess was three points. That's, yeah, see, that's pretty close. You should have gone with the first one. But you didn't, so that's it. That's it. That's it. You don't get a second chance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Raymond, the question is, four and a half point favorites, Dallas Cowboys over San Francisco 49ers. Do you take that bet? I'm going to say no. I think we win at home. And Dallas falls to two and four. We rise to one and six. All right. Raymond is calling the victory. CJ Bethard is leading us. CJ Bethard, CJB, CJ Bethard, Bethard, Bethard. He says he's going to lead us to the promised land. Well, we're going to find out. Uh, I'm pumped. I hope it happens. Raymond, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at RaySolis as well as Instagram at RaySolis1. Boom. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at RudySolis3, RudySolis3RD. So concludes another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Solis I, baby. Boom. We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time. Same Goldcast channel. This is, is the Goldcast. <laughs>